well, we're in week two of our comeback series, and I want to um, say this this morning. I've been, I've been wanting to say this for a long time, uh, after I get this stool wherever I want it. Okay. Um, that I, I really want to thank you for, for coming back week after week after week. And I also want to thank those of you who have been, you've been over the top faithful the past couple of years, and you know what I mean. And I want to say thank you. Uh, those of you who have stuck with us, uh, you haven't bailed. Uh, many of you have stepped up. You've stepped up your giving. You've stepped up your, your serving. Uh, you've stepped up to volunteer. Uh, many of you have had my back, and I'm aware of it, and I appreciate it. Uh, you've encouraged others to come or others to stay. And maybe it hasn't been easy, but you're here. And our best days are ahead of us. And I just want to thank you. So thank you for that. Uh, also, if you're wondering why I'm wearing the bright orange t-shirt, a couple of reasons. One, orange is my favorite color, and I, I love orange. And uh, two, to promote our, our MW Kids, and, uh, and uh, Liz Hoyt and her team are doing a phenomenal job. If you haven't noticed, they're up on the main level. They're in the Life Center, and uh, you, we put them there so you can see them. They're not in the basement right now. They're out in the Life Center, so stand around and watch the children's ministry. And uh, they are still in need of some volunteers. And I'm, I'm here uh, to get volunteers. I'm headhunting right now. Uh, so I need at least 20 of you to take out your card and uh, give us your information and say, call me, contact me. I'll help out. You don't, not everyone has to change a diaper. Not everyone has to teach kids. They need help in like behind computers for registration. Uh, they need help in just set up in a whole bunch of other areas. And so d- don't just hear me like I need, really, I need a bunch of you to say, you know what, I can probably do that. I could get on a schedule, a rotation. I could help out with the kids' ministry. Some of you who, who you helped out years ago and you think, well, I've been there, done that. We need you to go there, do that again. All right? You're, if you're still breathing, we can use you. And uh, don't feel like you're washed up or that day is past. Sign up. Uh, we would love to talk to you about that. All right, here we go. Last week's comeback character was Joseph. And Joseph's uh, setbacks weren't necessarily any fault of his own, which tells us you can do everything right and still end up in a pit. <laughs> you can make all the right decisions. You're like, what did I do to deserve this? And boom, uh, you might still end up in a pit. And this week's character is a, is a totally different story than that altogether. This guy has issues. He's got anger issues. He argues with God. He's slow to listen to God. He runs from God. He even commits murder and, uh, out of his anger. And God invites Moses to make one of the greatest comebacks of all time. And we call that comeback the Exodus. They even wrote a book on it called Exodus. And uh, so we're going to talk about Moses here this morning from Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 18. Hollywood is releasing a new movie on this. It's coming out in December. It's called Exodus, Gods and Kings. Um, If you're not real familiar with the story, again, I'll do what I did last week, only quicker. And I'll just kind of give you a summary. The Exodus is the flight to freedom of God's people, the Hebrews, who were under slavery, uh, under Pharaoh in Egypt. 
And uh, Moses is Hebrew by birth, and by this crazy series of events, he ends up being raised in Pharaoh's palace. And eventually Moses gets disgusted with the way that his people, the Hebrew people, are being treated as, as slaves. And he has this Popeye moment where he's had all he can stand, he can't stand anymore, and he snaps, and he kills an Egyptian, and then he goes into hiding. And God meets Moses one day in a burning bush and, and gives Moses his comeback story. And Moses mounts one of the all-time great uh, comebacks in history. He walks into Pharaoh's kitchen and announces uh, this slavery thing is coming to an end. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, ooh, baby, let your people go. Ooh, where are you? You awake? Pharaoh, Pharaoh, ooh, baby, let your people go. Yeah, there you are. All right. And you knew I was going to say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a great song. And... After a long series of signs and plagues and negotiations and Pharaoh changing his mind and promises made and promises broken, Moses and around 2 million Hebrews, 2 million Israelites, uh, children of God, they finally leave Egypt. So they're, they're out of there and they're on their way to the promised land and Pharaoh changes his mind faster than we change diapers in the nursery. And he, he, he mounts up all of his Pharaoh mobiles and he goes after Moses and, and, and the, the Hebrew, two, two million of them, and, uh, which sounds, Moses and the Hebrew sounds like a great name for a band. That's random. And you have this epic chase scene across the desert and, and all the symbolism uh, and the storyline of God is, is, is rolling along in the dust with them. It's just it's awesome stories, full of symbolism. Because God, you know, things like God uh, sees his people when they suffer. God hears his people when they cry out to him. That God always wants to redeem and restore us. That God doesn't want us trapped in slavery. And then all of that symbolism is rolled up in the dust as, as two million of them uh, are running. And then you got Pharaoh and the Pharaoh mobiles, uh, you know, his chariots mounted up chasing after them. And it's all in the dust there. It's a pretty, pretty amazing story. And we have Egypt's and Pharaoh's in our lives. I have Egypt's and Pharaoh's in my life. There's no shortage of, 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 of traps and snares set by the enemy to, to enslave us. Uh, things of the world that, that want to hold you and keep you from where God ultimately wants us to be. So we're going to parachute into the story this morning in Exodus chapter 14. And we're going to begin reading in verse 10. We're going to read from 10 until 18. Here we go. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked. When they saw the Egyptians overtaking them and they cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen when we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. And the Egyptians you see today will, ne will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. And then the Lord said to Moses, 
Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. They will charge, and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. Sometimes the comeback is a flee from. Sometimes when, when, when God gives you an opportunity to come back and make your comeback, which for many of us this morning, that, that, that might, this might be the time, this might be true. Sometimes the comeback is a flee from. It's, God is going to point out something in your life and he's going to say, that's the Pharaoh, that's the Egypt, that's the thing that's holding you back. That is the thing in your life that you need to flee from now. And God might tell you this morning to, to run, to just to flee from that, that issue, whatever that is in your life, to get as far away from that as you possibly can. And it'll be different from everyone. But God might work in your life in such a way that you'll want to break free from what, whatever or whoever has been holding you back. And, and you'll flee and you'll make your way back to follow God. Whatever is in your life that is holding you back from a deeper relationship with God, turn your back on that thing and make a comeback to God. There's a lot of backs in that statement, so I'll repeat it again so you can get it. Whatever it is in your life that's holding you back, Turn your back on that thing and flee from it. Run from it and make your comeback to God today. So for a moment, let's, not, let's just not even call it sin, okay? Just, just, just for a moment, <laughs> which makes it sound like I'm going to in a minute. But for just for a moment, let's, because as soon as I say that there might be something in your life that you need to flee from, you, you can think of a few different things, and, and immediately what you'll start to do is rationalize and, and, and justify that, and you'll, you'll say to yourself, okay, it, it might not be great, but I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm not convinced that it's actually sin. So just for a moment, let's, let's, let's not even call it sin, because that's the first place that we go. Um, let's just drop the idea of sin. What if, it's, what if it isn't technically a sin? What if it's even allowable? What if it's permissible? What if it's legal? What if it's only hurting you? You heard that one before. Maybe you've said that. Well, you know, nobody knows, and it's really only hurting me anyhow. Even if it's technically not a sin, but you know that it's holding you back from a deeper relationship with Christ, it's a stumbling block, and you ignore it, you resist the Holy Spirit then that's a sin. Turning your back on God when he's asking you to turn your back on something else is sin. Resisting the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction in your life. Turning down the volume of God's voice in your life, ignoring God, when God is clearly saying to you, would you drop that? Would you stop that? You know, if, if we could just deal with that issue, you, you, you could come so much closer to me. Your relationship could grow. It could become so much. And when we, when we resist that, that's, that's the part, the sin. The thing that you need to turn your back to could be your breakthrough. 
What if that's it this morning? What if that, that one thing or two things? What, what if you're thinking, what if it's 16 things? Okay, what if, it, what if it's 16 things? Whatever it is. What if, if those things, those things that you need to turn your back to could be your breakthrough this morning, could be your spiritual breakthrough today? That's exciting. That's exciting. That there could be, you know, there could be many people here this morning that, that see it and, they, and they, they decide today's the day and they turn their back to that and they, and they flee from that and they, and they experience spiritual breakthrough today. And one thing we've learned about stuff like this, my hand up first, is that we can't trust ourselves with things like this because you'll talk yourself out of it. You've already talked yourself out of it a thousand times. So today won't be any different. You'll, you'll, you'll do all the theological gymnastics in your head until you've got yourself convinced that I'm okay. And you'll talk yourself out of it. So we've learned that we can't trust ourselves. If you sort this out on your, in your own mind, you'll back down from making the necessary changes. You'll stay in Egypt. You'll convince yourself that Egypt's not really all that bad. I'll be the best slave that I can be, Pastor Tim. I'll witness to all the Egyptians. I'll model Christ-likeness through my weakness. So we've learned you just can't trust yourself. Uh, let, me, let me recommend this this morning. You need, we all need, a good, strong, spiritual friend who will tell you the truth. Someone who you can talk to about this and get all this stuff out on the table. And then spend some time with, with a good, strong, spiritual friend and spend some time with God and ask the Holy Spirit to bring the things to light in your life that are holding you back, that are keeping you back. Write those things down and sit and discuss it with a good, strong, spiritual friend. And I suggest you do that over good, strong, black coffee. And listen to the other person without getting defensive. That's a challenge. And then, as the Holy Spirit brings the things to light in your life that are holding you back spiritually, surrender those things to the Lord. Make all the changes that you need to make. And then... Move on stronger than ever, spiritually speaking. First um, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12. I think we're going to bring it up here on the screen. Uh, Paul says, you say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. I must not. We make this clear for us this morning. I must not become a slave to anything. And must not in the original Greek means <laughs> must not. Thank you, Paul, for making that so clear. All right, back to the Exodus, back to verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them, and they cried out to the Lord. If you're going to make a comeback, don't look back. You got two million Hebrews, you know, running across the desert. You got Pharaoh and his chariots bearing down on them and they look back. If you're going to make a comeback, my suggestion is don't look back. Even if you hear it, even if whatever you, you just left is chasing you. You know this to be true. You resist the temptation and you think, I'm good. Boy, that was strong. I'm, 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 I'm so strong. I'm never going to do that. Whoa, maybe, right? Just like that. 
just in seconds, you can look back and think, well, maybe, maybe one more time. You can go right back to that temptation. Even if what you just left is chasing you, even if it keeps popping into your head, tempting you to look back. Again with the Apostle Paul, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, Paul says, Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. You can't make a comeback while you are looking back. If God calls you this morning to turn your back on some stuff that's been holding you back, then I would say make a comeback to God and don't look back for anything. Just keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes on the cross. Keep your eyes focused on what is ahead of you and don't look back. Don't look back. The past is the past. And in Exodus chapter 10, the people looked back. Leave the pharaohs in your dust. If God gives you a vision of what your future can look like, then don't look back. It's why the windshield is so much bigger than the rearview mirror. And it's true, objects in the rearview mirror are always bigger than they appear. Always. And, and, and don't look back. All right. Why did you bring us out here? The people panicked. Uh, It's verse 11. Why did you bring us out here to die? Somewhere between where you are or where you've been and where God wants you to be, you might lose sight of the goal. You might get discouraged. You might think, okay, you know, I, I, I... I'm reading my, my Bible and I'm praying. I've got spiritual friends around me and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing my best. And, but God, I still, I just don't see it. You know, why, why can't I see where you're leading me, where, where, you're, where you're taking me? And you might get discouraged and you might wonder why God has put you where you are. Why is this happening to me? And this, this doesn't look any better than, than where my life used to be. It's, it's amazing that when we're given the choice of, of trust God and keep going or go back into slavery, that we'll choose to go back and, and do whatever is easiest in our lives. We make these decisions all the time. You know, we do. When we're, when we're given a choice between just press on and keep going and trust in the Lord or take the easy way and go back and, and be where you were and do what you used to do, We'll, t- we'll take these. Well, I'll, I'll just go back to Egypt. I'll just go back into, back into slavery. Instead of surrendering to God, we surrender to the enemy. And we give in to our selfish desires. God help us. And the thing is, you, if you keep going ahead and you keep pushing on, you keep pressing on, you keep going forward, you never know how close you might be to a breakthrough. And you might give up. Uh, just too soon. You'll never know if you don't keep pushing. And I'm not going to dwell on this, you know, a whole lot here, but does anyone else notice how the two million Hebrews turn on the leader? (laughs) Is it just me that sees that? (laughs) All the people turn on the leader, Moses. Why? Why did, why did you, Mr. Mr. Bright Orangey shirt, why, why did you 
bring us here. This is not, this is not where we want to be. We want to be back there. We all liked it back there. And, and there was a time when Moses said, hey, who wants to leave Egypt? And two million of them said, yeah, let's get out of here. And they all knew we can't stay here. We've got to go there. And, but still, they turned their back on Moses. They blamed him for leading them someplace they didn't want to be. And I'll say it again. This is my, this is my day to thank all y'all. I'm thanking those of you this morning who did not turn back. Thank you. Those of you who didn't jump out of the boat in the last couple of years, you might have thrown up in the aisle, but you didn't jump ship. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. I love you. And even if you bump into somebody who invites you to Egypt, don't go. Don't go. God is with us. We're going somewhere. Stay with us. All right. Verse 12. Didn't we tell you this would happen? There's the people saying to Moses, didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. Better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. A bunch of them gather in the lobby. Hello. A bunch of them gather in the lobby. Man, I told you this would happen. I told you. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. You see, we're, we're just sheep, aren't we? We're, we're just sheep. And people get cranky when they don't see how the vision is going to become a reality. And so the Hebrews have a meeting, they have a little powwow in the lobby. We romanticize the past when we can't visualize the future. This is what they're doing. They romanticize being a slave. Let's, let's go back to Egypt and volunteer and sign up to be Pharaoh's slave. They, they, slavery to them sounded better than, than, than the future because they, couldn't, they just couldn't see it. We romanticize the past when we can't visualize the future, and that's dangerous. And we're all, we're all guilty of that. Why can't we just go back? Why can't we just do it the way that we always used to do it? Why can't we, do, why can't we go back? Moses has the rumble of Pharaoh's army bearing down on him. Imagine 600 chariots, whatever, you know, just rumbling across the desert, coming after them. He's got that rumble. He's got the rumble of his own people, two million of them, rumbling right in front of him. He's got the rumble of the waves of the Red Sea crashing in front of him. He's got a lot of rumbling going on. A whole lot of rumbling. What do you do when everywhere around you, in every direction, it seems like all you've got around you is opposition? When you're caught between your past and, and, and its problems, and the problems of the present, and the uncertainty of what is ahead. What do you do when it seems like everywhere you look, there's, there's rumble? And Moses exercises great leadership and great faith, and he speaks a word of faith to the people. Here it is, verse 13. And Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Isn't that leadership? Isn't that great? The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay <clears throat> calm. Don't be afraid. Stand still. 
Now, I'm no Moses. I, I am no Moses. But I do know that I know that many people here this morning, there's been a time in your life when you have tried to break free from something in your past, something that, that has held you captive, something that has held you back, something that, that if you were honest about it, you, were, you would say, I've been enslaved to that. There's something there that you said, Pastor Tim, if I could just... If I could just get rid of this in my life, if I could just break free from this, I know that my relationship with Christ would go to, to new levels. I know that I'd never be the same, but, but I've tried so many times and I, and I failed and I try and I fail and I try and I fail. And, you, and, and many of you have tried to break free from stuff that has held you captive, a slave for far too long. Many of you have stuff in, the, in, your, in, the, in your life that if you're honest this morning, you'd say it's between you and God. It's a barrier to your growth. It's holding you back. And I want to say this morning to, to you, our church, my church, my congregation, God is bringing a word of faith to you today. He's bringing a word of encouragement to you today. Just like Moses stood there in front of two million people and he said, don't be afraid. Some of you just need to hear God speak that to your soul today. Don't be afraid. Whatever has been holding you back is nothing compared to the one who is holding your future. Stand still. Just stand still in God's presence today. Stop struggling. Stop striving. Stop fretting. Just stand still. Stop running away from God. Just stand in his presence and watch the Lord come into this place right here this morning. Watch the Lord come in and rescue you today. The Egyptians in your life, the pharaohs in your life, the stuff that has been holding you back for far too long, you will never see those things again. The Lord himself will fight for you. God is going to set you free. God is going to defeat your enemy. God is going to win the battle for you. I believe it. I believe it. I've been excited about this all week. I really have. Because I just know that there's, there's people here and think, it, it, you, you, you've convinced yourself I'm going to live with that the rest of my life. God will never take that from me. I'll never break free from that. And, and it's, it's just as true as the day that Moses stood there with, the, with, with his people and said, just stand still. Stand in God's presence. See what God is going to do in your life today. And I believe it. The Lord himself will fight for you. Now, between verses 14 and verse 15, something really, really interesting happens. It's, it's, it's like Moses digs deep, right? He's like, okay, this is, this is going to be a leadership moment. I've got two million people who think I'm nuts. And I've got this army. This is going to be a leadership moment. I'm just going to speak this word of faith for the people. And, and then it's like, it's it, it just... Just like that, it's like he goes back to his office and he cries out to God and every pastor can relate to this. Let me just give you a little insight to, to the pastor's life, right? Where you come out and you speak a word of faith. You know, don't worry, God has a plan. And then it's like, oh God, we need a plan. Oh my word. <laughs> What's the plan? We need, you know, God has a plan. Like, hello, you know, I need a little help here. What, what is the plan? And this is, this is kind of what Moses does in verse 15. I love God's response. God says to Moses, why are you 
crying out to me. It's like, it's like God just, boof, just kicks Moses in the robe, the pants. I don't know what he's wearing. Kicks him in the seat. God just says, hey, 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 you know, stop whining. Stop crying. You know, the, enough of that. Tell the people to get going, to get moving. I love it. I love it. Friends, I want to tell you this morning, it's time for this church to move. It's time for us to get moving. And we need to be marching toward, towards God's vision for this church, toward God's vision for our lives. There's, there's no reason for anything to ever hold us back. If we believe what we believe, then we're unstoppable. What, who, can, who can hold us back? Nothing. We need to keep going, marching towards God's vision for, for spiritual growth in this church, for new people coming to Jesus Christ, for changed lives every week, to see our children's ministries grow, to see our youth ministry grow, to see our young adults ministry grow, to see families growing closer to each other, closer to Jesus, to see marriages growing closer to each other and closer to Jesus. It's time to get totally fed up with the stuff that's been holding us back. It's time to get moving. Anything that holds us back, it's our own fault. If we believe what we believe, nothing can hold us back. Verse 16. Uh, verse 16. Pick up your staff. I do that every Tuesday morning in staff meeting. God told Moses to pick up his staff. They don't need to be picked up, but boy, I, I try every week to fill them full of vision. God is with us. God is with us. God says to Moses, pick up your staff. And raise your hand over the sea and divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. They didn't see that coming. Nobody saw that coming. And this morning, in the next few minutes here, we are going to raise our hands over our future, over the sea the things that we can't see. And it might require faith. It, no, it will require faith. And it might look different than anything that we've ever attempted before. Will you be okay? We can't go back. It's going to look different than anything we've ever attempted before. If we're going to raise a hand, we're going to ask God to make a way where there seems to be no way. But listen, this is, not, this is not just about the church. This isn't about me. Uh, I also want this to be a very personal moment for you. Because as I've been saying here this morning, there are, I just know I, know, I know in my heart, I know in my spirit, uh, that there are many here this morning who have, who have tried and tried and tried and tried to break free from stuff, and it just has never happened. And I'm going to give you an opportunity here in the next few minutes to raise your hand in faith, believing that God can do anything in your life and that today, that right now, that you can break free, that God can, can break the grip of whatever that is in your life. Ask God 
to make a way in your life. The things that you need to break free from. Raise a hand believing that God will part the seas in your life and give you a great victory today. So if that's where you're at, if that's what you need, if you're thinking about the things that have been holding you back, the things that if, if, boy, if God could set me free from that, I know my relationship with him would go to new levels. There's stuff in your life that you're sick of, you're tired of, and you say, I am not looking back one more time. I'm not going back one more time. Egypt, Pharaoh, whatever those things are, you have held me for far too long. This is the day when all of that comes to an end. God is going to break me free from those things right now. Go ahead and raise a hand. Raise a hand right out over that. A hand of faith. A hand of faith. Okay, put your hands down. Let's all stand. And I'm going to invite you to do something even more symbolic. God, they raised their hand out. God parted the sea. And then what? They had to walk through. And I'm going to invite some of you to, uh, to walk through this morning as a symbolic act of, e- of obedience. What God is doing in your life today, I'm going to invite you to step out from your seat where you are and walk to the front of the church. And the symbolism of your walk will be, I am walking through the sea that God opened for me today. God made a way where there seemed to be no way. I didn't see it before I got to church this morning. I didn't know how God was going to do this. But here he is here right now. He's real. His spirit is here. He's doing something incredible in my life. And I'm not going to just stand still. When God opens that up, when God makes a way, I'm going to walk through it. And I'm going to receive it. And I'm going to accept what God wants to do in my life.